Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and there's no AC in our building this today, and it's rather warm outside. It's like in the 90s in September, and I'm ready for it to be fall. But I am joined today by my friend Winston Scully, and he is in um, San Francisco, California. But when I met him, he was living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and he start he went to school at Southeast. Southeastern? Southeast? Southeastern. Southeastern South Louisiana. Southeastern Louisiana University, and he studied design, and he had either just moved or he was about to move to Baton Rouge and start working at a, at a design firm. And then things changed. You, you worked there for a little bit, right? We're just jumping in. We're trying something mm -hmm. different today. And you went to go visit your friends, Eric Friedensen and Scott Biersack in New York, and mm -hmm. something happened on this trip. And tell us what happened, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Um, so I went to New York over Thanksgiving break um, after I had graduated, uh, like you said, to visit Eric and Scott. And Scott at the time was doing Type at Cooper, and I was super interested in, in doing Type at Cooper, which is a type design um, certificate program through the Cooper Union, which is an art school in New York City. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I was talking to Scott about it, trying to figure out how I could, um, how I could save up some money and move to New York and do the program. And, you know, he was just telling me all about it. So on my way home, uh, I was on a flight and I had a layover in Dallas and I was sitting on Twitter and the Dallas airport and the letter form archive, which is an institution here in San Francisco had tweeted that, uh, that day was the the last day for um, to submit to be considered for the Type of Cooper West program, which was the first year of Type of Cooper in San Francisco in partnership with the Letterful Archive. So um, I was like, this is like exactly what I want because I didn't really want to move to New York. Uh, I wanted to be out West. I really wanted to move to Portland. Um, so I decided what the hell. I'll make my application on the plane home and I'll submit it when I get to the New Orleans, New Orleans airport and we'll see what happens. Uh, and the reason I did it was because there was, um, the possibility of a scholarship. So they had, uh, Eric, um, Speakerman. Eric speaker, Eric Speakerman had offered a scholarship to any of the, uh, people who applied depending on merit. So like he would evaluate everyone and then whoever he chose would get a full ride to type of Cooper West. Um, so I was like, well, you know, I have nothing to lose. If I get the scholarship, then I'm, I can definitely go. Um, so about two weeks later I got accepted and I didn't get the scholarship, but I got accepted and it was a pretty tough, like two weeks because I had to like decide if I wanted to do it. And, um, I remember I was, I was driving in my job. Uh, I had been working at a small, uh, like branding agency for probably six or seven months at that point. And I was sitting in traffic uh, like in my car, just like thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And I, I just like all of a sudden it was like eight thirty AM and I just had this, like, I'm fucked. I'm, I'm doing this. Like I'm doing this. I caught myself. I know. I caught myself. Good job. <laughs> um, no curse words. Uh, and I was like, I'm doing this. Like, there's no way I can't do this. This is too good of an opportunity. I'm accepted to the program. Uh, it's what I want to do. So, um, the next month of my life was 
pretty chaotic because I had to, I sold a bunch of stuff um, and had to prepare to, you know, drive across, across the country in a month. When did type of Cooper West start? Like what uh, day? So, yeah, was, it was they... like January 25th, 2016. So I, I found out that I got accepted um, the beginning of December, like December 5th, I think. Wow. So I, I had a month and a half to prepare. Um, and I had mm, like maybe two grand in my bank account saved up. Uh, I had been, I had already been planning to move to Portland um, because my friend had moved to Eugene and I really wanted to move to Oregon. So I had started, started saving for that. Um, but I didn't quite have enough money. Like I didn't have as much money as I wanted to have. Um, but I just decided to say, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I don't really care. Um, and you know, I had started looking for jobs and stuff like that, but nothing was, uh, I didn't have a job at all in San Francisco. Um, actually until about two months after I moved here. Um, but and yeah, this, I, I, you, you were doing the extended program. So in both places yeah. they have an extended program or a compressed condensed. or condensed yeah, program. Condensed. Tell what's the extended program means that you could find a job and work during the day and then you do the nighttime stuff, right? Right. Right. So the extended program is, uh, two nights a week and then, uh, two workshops on the weekend per term. Uh, there's three terms. So you have about a year of class on Monday and Tuesday night. So it's really geared towards like working people, um, that are just like trying to get some more skills. Uh, so it was actually really, really great because I didn't have enough money saved up to, uh, like move somewhere and not have a job. So, uh, I moved here and I really, uh, did the budget thing and I lived in a hostel for about three months, Wow! which was, uh, you know, even a hostel in San Francisco is like $600 a month. So, um, I, I had about like two months of runway. Uh, and thankfully I found like I had contracted a couple places and like did some freelance and found a job about two months in. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, an interesting ride. So, but it, that wasn't just it. So it was the, you knew you wanted to move out West, but you really, it wasn't, you weren't planning on do it this soon. And right, I think exactly. this is one of the things I wanted to talk about because I feel like sometimes people when they're just, you're kind of like unsure already about this is a new job and you know, you, you were working in Baton Rouge, which was sort of new place to you. Not exactly, but sort of. Well, no, I grew up in Baton Rouge. Okay. Yeah. But so, so not new. So you'd kind of gone back to something you knew, which a lot of people do after school. Right. And then you just had that bug in you that that wasn't what it was supposed to be. Right. Yeah, totally. And so then, and, you, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Like I was, the work I was doing was, was cool. And I was working with some fun people, but it just wasn't like Baton Rouge wasn't the city for me. It was just, uh, you know, I think living in a small southern city, I mean, even though Baton Rouge is the capital of Louisiana, it's still pretty small. Uh, I, I kind of knew everybody in the design community. Um, and, I, you know, I think if I would have stuck around there, I probably would have still had some some opportunity there. But uh, I just, I wanted to keep pushing myself because I saw a ceiling in Baton Rouge for myself and I didn't want to, I didn't want to stick it out. So then you go and 
this takes some guts just going. So you sold a bunch of stuff. So you had yep. a little bit more money. You pack everything up. You go live at the hostel. And then something bad happened. Your car got broken into. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Do I need I to like, remind wait, you? Wait. <laughs> uh, well, there's, there's a lot of bad things that happened. But um, yeah, so about a month into school, my car got broken into in San Francisco. And my laptop got stolen. So uh, I lost all my work. And it was a super huge bummer. Um, but thankfully, I had the support of my dad and brother who generously bought me a new laptop because I had probably about $300 in my bank account at the time. <laughs> and uh, I was I was very, very stressed trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, but yeah, they kind of came through and saved the day for me, which is, you know, to have the support of your family in a situation like that is really great. But Absolutely. So then you yeah. get there, you finally, you get a job. Then how much longer did you stay living at the hostel before you found a place? And did you find a place on your own? Because I also think this is something hard to navigate when you're going to a new city, where to live, what's, right. you know, it, it's kind of smart the way you did it, to be honest. I mean, you couldn't have done it had you had a pet probably. Right. Exactly. Um, well, so I, the hostel I lived in, um, I had met a girl there who I was dating and I also, um, had a friend who was staying in the same room as me and we decided to find a place together. Um, and you know, that was probably about three months into me being in San Francisco and it didn't really work out, uh, me and him. And, we, you know, about three months into me living at the apartment that we had gotten together, I decided to move and get a studio in Oakland. So I moved across the bay to Oakland, which was great. I loved Oakland. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, to like talk about the idea of leaving like your hometown and leaving all your friends and leaving like, you know, a comfortable job that Safety. you had, like... Yeah, it was, it was very safe and I, I felt safe, but I felt very, uh, bored and stifled. Um, you were called to go do something else and you just listened to that instead of just stifling that down. Cause I think yeah. a lot of people do. They also feel that I should, I should go out. I should go do something, but yeah. they don't. So have you ever had any friends that really also wanted to do that, but didn't? Yeah. And one of them's here right now. Uh, Jordan Keith. Okay, um, cool. <laughs> he's, I'm going to call him out right now. Um, <laughs> no, I like, I actually have some friends in Baton Rouge who like, you know, they kind of want to get out and um, move to a different city and experience different things. Uh, and not to just call out Jordan, but um, I've talked to like a ton of people that like, they just can't break out of that. Uh, because it's, it is very comfortable. You have a lot of like, maybe you have a really nice apartment, a really great job and all your friends are there. So it's like, it's really hard to imagine leaving that situation and going like, I, I didn't know anybody when I moved to San Francisco. Uh, like I had known a couple people from the internet. Um, like Eric, actually Eric, um, who had introduced me to, um, this guy, Dave Bailey, who was, uh, coincidentally in class at type at Cooper with me. Um, so I knew, I knew Dave. Um, 
so thankfully I kind of had like a connection with somebody who I was going to be with all the time. Um, but I didn't know him personally and I didn't know anybody else personally. Uh, so, uh, my friend think, had, go do ahead. Do you think you're an extrovert or an introvert? I think I've become an extrovert. Do you think you were an introvert uh, before? I think so. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I lived in a studio apartment like my first year in college and I was always just like kind of by myself, but I think probably the, like the, these past two years I've, I've changed. So do you um, think that's a good thing? Do you think? I that do. It, yeah. Cause it I pushed really you not just in your mind, but it also pushed your personality and, and things. It, people yeah. are not as bad as what you think they are in your head. Right. 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 So, okay, so then you go, I think Eric, and Eric's here now, but Eric really kind of did this too, but he went, he was working at a company and then the company, so there's still safety within right. a company sometimes, right. and then he moved to another country, right? He's doing yeah, stuff Eric there. Yeah, Eric is doing a huge thing. Yeah, but so, but so to go on your own, so there are some safety things that you could do. You could move with somebody, you know, find a, a friend that you could move right. with, which that's what I did when I moved to Denver. And I'm already an extrovert, so it wasn't hard for me to make, make new friends. But I do think it's really important to to have, say what you just said is that you weren't, and now you have. So, what was the biggest hurdle? I mean, do you think living at the hostel was probably a really good thing because you met people easier? Oh, it was easier? a great thing. It was a great thing. Uh, I'm like super glad that I like. Honestly, I was kind of drunk when I booked the Airbnb because <laughs> it was like a hostel Airbnb, and you know, I was like at home in Baton Rouge, and I was just like what am I going to do? Cause all of the like places, all of like the rooms I was looking to book on Airbnb were pretty expensive. And it was like, you know, I might be living with one person. Um, and I'm really glad that didn't happen because I feel like I would have felt super isolated. Mm. Um, like the hostel, even though it was like socially, it was kind of tough because there was a lot of different people and a lot of different things going on. Like I immediately had people to like, kind of introduced me to the city and hang out with. Um, and, you know, I told you, I, I met a girl there that I dated for a year. So that, you know, that worked out well while, while it lasted, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, so it's sort of like extending college. If you went and lived somewhere in college, if you wasn't necessarily alone by yourself, you kind of right, get that right. people are new. Um, so that would be something else that you could do to, meet people. So I think that that was a, yeah, a really yeah. kind of neat experience and it helped you a lot. So how did you go about finding a job? Cause a lot of times it's who, you know, and that, so how did you make some connections? Was it through type at Cooper or? Uh, so the kind of like the two approaches that I took, um, there's a lot of recruiters in San Francisco. So there's a lot of creative recruiting agencies so I had uh, talked with a bunch of recruiters and that's actually, so I worked at a company called Beaker, BKR, uh, these water bottles right here. Oh, cool. Um, so I was a graphic designer there for about a year and some change. Um, and I actually got that job through. But another thing that I did was um, I printed out, like I made these um, kind of like portfolio booklets uh, and it had my resume, my portfolio a business card and I literally just looked up agencies and places that I might want to work or places that were hiring and I just went around and knocked on doors and handed out uh, resumes and stuff um, 
And that actually ended up leading to me getting like a little freelance gig at an agency for about a week, which actually kind of helped extend my runway. Uh, you know, I made like, I don't know, $1,500 or something like that, which was very helpful. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think like as far as advice on getting a job in a city where you know no one, um, recruiting agencies are fine, but they take a lot of your money. Uh, I would just say like try and make as many connections as you possibly can because uh, I've had a bunch of job opportunities come up here since I've been here, just like knowing people and doing different things, going to like design events and stuff like that. Right. And you can meet people at non-design events and, and yeah, just totally. anywhere. It's just about, but it's about being ready, being having either your business card or having something to be able to talk to them. And then if, even if you don't have a business card, then reaching out to them after and saying, Hey, it was great meeting up. I, you know, if you need something, right. Just, but it's definitely very hard for an introvert to go to that yeah. because so yeah, it was yeah, kind yeah. of forced. I feel like you might not have done it had you not been forced to be looking if you had just landed a job you might not have really had to push yourself in that way right yeah and I think you know thankfully I had the like I think it's a lot harder for people who maybe don't have a job or like a reason like school to move to a new city like that's even more intimidating because you can always say like oh I'm gonna save more money I'm gonna save more money I'm gonna save more money um but I, I don't know. I feel like it's just so valuable to just give yourself a reason to do it because like I honestly like leaving Baton Rouge coming here and studying what I wanted to study was one of the best decisions I made in my life. Um, it's changed me as a person and I feel like I've learned so much, so much faster in the past year and a half of my life than I ever would have staying in Baton Rouge. Um, so you learned stuff at type at Cooper, um, mm -hmm. Cooper West, I guess. Um, what sacrifices did you have to make to make that happen? Because I think, I mean, yes, you changed jobs and you left and you did, but like when you're working, you already have your job at Beaker. What mm -hmm. kind of sacrifices that did you have to make to make sure that you were going to class and doing, and, and why did you want to study? Because this was kind of a deep driven thing for you you really love type like to a really crazy level yeah a I good mean, level but <laughs> so like just to give you a bit of background on like i think more of the like conceptual reason why i like type design is uh, in high school i wanted to do architecture mm. and uh, i did my senior project on on architecture my in high school and um I really enjoyed, I like, I really enjoyed looking at architecture and like the more I dove into like actually doing it, I wasn't that into it. Um, so also my senior year, I was taking this, uh, computer tech class where it was like half the day, like the first half of the day was, um, it was actually through Southeastern. They have like a technology, um, center in the parish that I went to school in, um, and my teacher taught like computer architecture and web design. So I learned, I was learning how to build computers and I was learning how to build websites. And, um, I got, I just got really interested in Photoshop and I was like, 
trying to make websites and coding websites. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't really like coding. Uh, let me, let me try. I just like making uh, graphic design. So I started doing more graphic design, which, you know, kind of informed my decision to study graphic design in college. And um, as I was in college, you know, doing my design work, I just like was super drawn to like making custom uh, like custom type logos for whatever I was working on because I was like, oh, I don't really like this typeface. I want to draw my own, um, which, you know, kind of led me into the lettering world um, that was kind of flourishing on Instagram. So I was like, whoa, this is like actually a thing. People are doing this. Let me follow this, uh, which is actually around the time that I met Scott, who you have a poster of on your wall right behind mm -hmm. you. Um, that one. So uh, I was just like getting involved in the lettering community on, on Instagram and also just like pretty much like everybody in my, uh, class kind of like, I don't know if they hated me, but like, they were like, Oh, that's the guy that draws letters. They were like, Winston, why don't you do something else besides lettering? And it's like, well, okay, maybe, but, um, but aren't you uh, glad you didn't? Because then you got I, yeah, known no, for something glad. and then you really dug in and realized that this is something you wanted to, to do. Did yeah. you, I mean, because you niched out early, you kind of, people saw what you could do and that's what they wanted you for, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, which I'm like, I, I'm definitely glad I stumbled into that because, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, oh, I like letters. Let me do this. <laughs> Um, and so my senior year of, uh, my undergrad, uh, I was talking with my, like, ah, uh, you know, like I really want to do type design and she had actually been discouraging me from doing type design because she was like, it's really boring. Like you don't want to do that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, uh, at finally, like my last semester, I was like, no, I want to do this. So I did an independent study with her, um, where I made a typeface called Davy Crockett. Um, it's really bad. Don't look at it. Did you um, sell it? No, I gave it away. Okay. I gave it away, um, which was probably also a bad idea, but because more people are going to use it now. So bad idea. Um, don't get, don't, if you make a font, don't put it out in the world. Like the, your first font, don't put out your first font in the world. Bad idea. Um, <laughs> you'll regret it in two years. Um, so that was like kind of where I got, really interested in type design. Uh, and then probably, you know, for the next 10 months after I graduated, I was just doing lettering and type design every day. I was waking up at 6am working on my own stuff, going to my job at the agency for eight hours, coming home and working on my own stuff some more. Um, and all the while just like saving as much money as I possibly could. Cause I wanted to get the heck out of there. Were you using um, glyphs or were you using something else? I was using glyphs. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. Okay. So then how did you manage? Um, I asked like, what did you sacrifice as you're working at Beaker during the day? Oh yeah. yeah what yeah, kind yeah, of sorry. like life stuff? Cause mm -hmm. like on the weekends you kind of had to sacrifice cause you were working on this type. Cause really it's just a year and you have to get a lot done in that year. Right. Yeah. It, it, well, so, and like the, I think the hard part was I was in a relationship too. So uh, I, I had to like sacrifice a lot of, relationship things uh she was really like my only friend while i was here like i i hung out with people that i was in class with but we were all in class together so we were all working as hard as everyone else so um 
it was it was kind of difficult to be in a relationship at the time because I had so much work to do and I was trying to balance like Beaker going to school making you know going to uh, sorry Beaker going to school and like doing workshops on the weekend and a relationship so it was just like it was pretty exhausting um, and I was super overwhelmed for a long time uh, and I think like the quality of my work in school suffered because of that but I still absorbed a lot of the knowledge that uh, I was able to get through all the people I learned with well, type of Cooper. To be honest, if you didn't have a girlfriend, you would have gone out with friends or tried to make friends more than likely. You're probably maybe not going to just stay in your hole, you know, every day, yeah. all day. Yeah, so it sure. would have been sure. one or the other. Um, it could have just been that your relationships took longer to like, you know, really bond with one of your guy friends or something. Yeah, totally. Um, but it it was, there was a sacrifice. And I think that people think, oh, I can just do that at night. But it's, even if you just take an online course, sometimes those things take a lot of time and you have to make a commitment. Yeah. And it was costing sure. you money too, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So um, you and Scott recently launched um, your new foundry where you guys are both going to be making type. And it's called Continental Type Co. Can you tell that us a little is. bit about that? So Continental Type Co. was kind and of... And I'm just going to share the screen and show yeah, them Continental yeah, Type ahead. Co. Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Um, so Continental Type Co. kind of started out in, uh, I would say, 2015. Um, Scott and I had, like talked about collaborating somehow because we were both um, wanting to make typefaces and uh, a conversation we had while we were in, while I was in New York before I started Type of Cooper was, uh, you know, us talking about doing this. Um, and it really didn't come to fruition until about mm, last year at Creative South. So like Creative South 2016. Um, because I was in type of Cooper and he was in type of Cooper and we were both like, okay, like we definitely want to do this. How do we make it happen? Um, so we kind of thought up the name while we were at creative South and we started talking about how to collaborate and we hired our friend Ben Jackson to develop the website for us. And we both decided that we're going to like flesh out our typefaces that we made in school. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just a idea that spawned like two years ago. And like, I'm just super glad that we followed through on it and um, really happy with how everything has come out and really happy to just be working with him because he's just so freaking talented. Uh, I get to leech off that guy's talent for a little <laughs> bit. And uh, he's, he's a super driven guy and um, I really respect his work, work ethic. So how did that conversation start? So you're both really into this. Did it say, hey, we're going to work on, because really it's you working on your typeface. He's working on his typefaces. Mm -hmm. um, so you just wanted a place to kind of collaborate together to have a place you could sell the type. So is, is, is that how it started? Yeah, essentially. I, and like we wanted to, like obviously we're open to like taking on custom work and stuff because you know, we'd really love for this to be a little bit more full time for both of us. 
Um, and you know, Scott freelances right now, so he can kind of like place his time where he would like, which is really great. But uh, I'm I'm not in the same position because I kind of need a full time job in order <laughs> to support myself in San Francisco, California. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the the conversation that started it was just like, how do we collaborate? Because you know, we wanted we just really wanted to friends. Uh, we wanted to we're tired of you know working with people that you know or maybe it's just a professional relationship or whatever but we just wanted to uh we wanted to create an environment where we could work with our friends so is this do the things we wanted to do is this something that you think at some point you will add more people to this you'll add other people or is it always just going to be you and scott i think it's just going to always be me and scott um like and when I say like work with our friends, like, like, uh, our friend Austin Saylor actually, who's here right now. Um, he did a little, we collaborated with him last week and he animated our logo for us. Um, nice. so, you know, just like little things like that, where we can hire our friends and work with our friends and, um, just make fun stuff and make some money off of it while we can. <laughs> So I think that's great. I think yeah. um, I'm going to share the screen again real quick. Um, and because you both have two different kind of typefaces. So um, oh <laughs> I thought this was funny. Yeah. Um, Do you like my pigeons? Yes. I think that I don't think it's that big. Is it that big in real life? No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that's really big. But so you, you really have um, – Scott has kind of a, 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 a serif type face, right? Mm -hmm. uh, more yes. traditional, maybe has a high right. X height. And right. then you have this kind of like punk kind of. Black lettery type of deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, so this was something that you were doing. Why did you create a typeface um, like this, higher ground? Why was higher ground important for you? Uh, so High Ground started as a like classic revival of um, Nicholas Jensen's Rotunda. Mm. Uh, and that is, so Rotunda is a style of calligraphy that was kind of a transitional style that started, uh, or that was between black letter and um, like Venetian faces. I think that's the right word for it. But like, um, so, you know, like with the Gutenberg Bible, you see uh, like, textura which is like a very classic example of black letter right uh, and rotunda is a style of calligraphy that is informed by uh informed by black letter but also kind of transitioning out of black letter to mm -hmm. more like uh traditional text faces like jensen mm -hmm. um so i i just like I was in the letter from archive studying and trying to figure out what kind of typeface I wanted to make. And, um, I was just super drawn to Nicholas Jensen's rotunda calligraphy. And, uh, I was trying to do too much of a literal trend, like translation of it, uh, where I like, because I was the, the task was to create a revival typeface. Um, and, uh, so, the the professor that started out teaching at type of cooper was sumner stone um and 
he's a little bit more of an old school guy. Uh, and we learned a lot of like, we learned a lot of great stuff from him, but about halfway through, uh, James Edmondson and Frank Grease Hammer, Hammer took over as the type teachers. And, uh, if you're familiar with James Edmondson, he runs on a type co and Frank Grease Hammer is a really amazing type designer who works at Adobe. Um, so they're both young and contemporary. So, uh, they were able to like, kind of help me bring it out of that, like, uh, traditional revival and make mm -hmm. it make it into something that like could be used in a context of today um so it has inklings of inspiration from uh like rotunda calligraphy but it uh with just like a modern twist because i was you know i love punk music i love metal music i used to play in a lot of bands i used to play a lot of shows um and I was like, at the time I was kind of missing it because I really, I just love, love playing music. It's like, it's just a great thing to do with your friends on the weekends. Um, and I like around this time I was like, man, I really miss playing shows with all my friends. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to make a typeface that kind of embodies that. So. So then was that rotund, rotund, rotunda, rotunda. rotunda. So you kind of had added the stencil and I actually think the stencil is really, um, it's a, the way it's broken is so beautiful. It's these oh, tiny little cuts and these, some are, um, ones that I wouldn't expect, I guess, uh, which I think the man, the way the T and the Y go together are just like, mm, that's like butter. But there's just some really nice ways. I think like having the Y at the bottom, I mean, I think that's probably how the Y is, but just choosing to kind of, I don't know. It was, it's, the stencil is, is really nice. I guess it, you see that line, the baseline where you cut that off more so than when you see it in the, the high ground bold or whatever. But I just think it's really nice and it's Thank something you. different, which really kind of pushed that more punk thing to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I felt like it was the thing that the typeface needed to actually kind of drive home the concept. For sure. I love it. So two, it's really nice that you guys have two totally different um, typefaces up. So is there, uh, what's the plan? Cause you want to have a life to yeah. some extent, right? So it's this balancing of what's actually doable and what's not. Totally. Um, how, how often are you trying to release and is this something that you're, you're, he gets all the profits from his and you get, so, you get all the profits from yours yes. and then you just 50, 50 put into the business of yes. what it costs to have a website and yes. to have an SSL certificate, things like that. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how we're doing it. Um, and so, so how are the roles divvied up or is, or is there, it's like, you know what, Winston, whenever you produce one, that's great. Or do you, are you guys pushing each other to do that? Uh, you know, honestly, like we've been head down for so long now working on this that we're both kind of just like, we need to take a break. <laughs> so um, actually Scott has been doing a lot of client work this month. So we haven't even really had a chance to talk about the business, but um, I think, I, I mean, ideally like I don't, I don't think it's, uh, hugely important to worry about like uh, frequency of release because I just want to make 
really good stuff. Right. Um, I think I think probably what will end up happening is maybe every year we'll like have something. Um, and depending on the com- complexity of the typeface, it'll, you know, it'll depend. Um, right. If we're, and I'm like, we're hoping to collaborate on some stuff. Like ideally we would, we'll get some custom commissions from businesses and things like that, that we can collaborate on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, as far as like actually releasing type on the website, it's mostly just going to be kind of, pigeonholed to either me or him but we're definitely open to like collaborating and making fun stuff together so cool all right so how has it been so you're you both kind of released and then you're kind of stepping back for a little bit to breathe right so what's your goal for or are you just still in the breathing process or do you talk about like what your (laughs) dreams are with each other or like with some of your other friends, you know, about, hey, well, within a year, I want to have started another one or within a year, mm-hmm. I, do you know what I mean? Or is this kind of like, hey, I'm just coasting here for a minute. I got to uh, breathe. I think we've actually already both started on new typefaces. Um, my, like my next typeface, I'm hoping to do a revival of um, some of the Ross George speedball scripts. Uh so the letter from archive actually has all of the original Ross George archive. So um, it's phenomenally beautiful. Probably like every time I go there, I look at that for probably an hour. Um, yeah, Jason, I know. Speedball yeah, I knew sure. when you said speedball, um, yeah. that's his thing. <laughs> um, it's just like, I just can't stop staring at it. Uh, but I really, I really want to take um, some of the scripts that, he made and uh turn them into some typefaces um so my next project regardless if it's like a speedball inspired script or some other kind of script i'm gonna do some kind of connected script because uh that is kind of like my root in like lettering brush brush lettering so that's like really like where i got started and i feel like that's kind of like my comfort zone so i want to make something that is script and uh yeah. So I'm working on that and Scott is working on, he's actually turning. So our logo type, he's going to probably turn that into a full, full out typeface, which nice. would be really fun. So I don't know what this archive is. And so maybe somebody else doesn't either. So, and then Jason Joseph's over there saying, Oh yeah, I got to get back to the archive sometime soon. So yeah. what? Oh yeah. Well, let you me tell, tell you all about the letter. From okay. Archive. Okay. So the letter from archive is, uh, basically a public library, not a public library, a private library um, of type ephemera and just like typographical uh, history. Where Um, is it? It is in San Francisco in Potrero Hill. Um, And like you can have, like they do tours every day or something like that. Um, So Rob Saunders is the owner of the Letter from Archive, who actually was the type history teacher at Type at Cooper. Um, So Type at Cooper in San Francisco is... I'm just sharing some pictures from it. Yeah, so there you go. That's Rob right there holding that blue thing. below. Okay, well, I'll keep going. Yeah. I think that's him Um, right there, right? Yeah, that's him. Okay. So, uh, yeah, if you can see, like, they just have 
so much beautiful history. Uh, I think they have like over a hundred thousand pieces wow. of uh, type ephemera and books and all kinds of just amazing, amazing stuff. So uh, then do you pay to get in there? Do you pay? No, no, it's totally free. And you can put your, they're not even using gloves. Well, you know, everybody washes their hands, but. <laughs> but you have oils. I don't know. I'm yeah. at a university, man. We They make yeah. you put gloves on in those archives. Yeah. But wow. so, so this is, he just started this. This is, he funds this. Yes. So he, I mean, he's been collecting for years and years uh, and he just made it public, I think probably about two or three years ago. Wow. Um, and he has, they've gotten so many donations. Like they, they took over this uh, archive called the Tolinor collection, which was some guy in Europe who had collected like, I don't know, like 30,000 pieces of stuff. And it's insane how many things they have. It's insane. Um, and you should so, follow them on Instagram. They have a great, they just post things on Instagram all the time. So. So then is he also a designer or a, a typographer, Rob? Uh, you know, or he just teaches at type at Cooper. Yeah. He's like, his specialty is just like archiving and okay. like history. I don't really know if he, I don't think he designs at all, but he might, I, I'm not sure. I've never, never seen anything he's done wow it's really cool yeah. okay so Rachel i didn't even know about an that enthusiast yeah enthusiast yeah. okay yeah. great good to, good to know all right so um now you work at yelp and i asked I him as soon as i got on because i don't know if i'm just a tissue person like i always have <laughs> tissues for my kids that cry so i was like oh they make a lot of people cry there because look right behind Winston, there's two tissue boxes. So what is working at Yelp like? like and, and I asked you, one of the first questions I asked, are they using you for your lettering? Are they using you for your strengths? Because a lot of times we get these jobs that don't necessarily really use our strengths. So right. what, yes. what do you do? <laughs> I draw letters all day. <laughs> and it's fantastic. Uh, so I work, um, I work primarily for the Yelp community. And the Yelp community is uh, actually a really cool and unique aspect of Yelp because uh, all of the U a lot of the U.S. cities have these people called community managers, and their job is essentially just to drive. Uh, they're not like their goal isn't to drive people to use the app. Their their goal is to um, create a community in a city around um, what Yelp does. And I mean, everybody knows what Yelp does. At least I hope so. Yeah. Um, so my job is to create like event promotional material for mm -hmm. all of these. So like they'll have like, you know, uh, yeah, this know. is actually, this is something I did for the, um, the, the holiday card for Yelp. Okay. I'm just flipping through um, your Instagram. So, yeah. So, but this so was the, a, yeah. Yelp, like right? The, yeah, exactly. So this was a project. Uh, a the Hawaiian holiday was like this cruise that um, Yelp is putting on, and like I think from like San Diego to Hawaii. But then and, there was also an illustration with that because uh, we'll see it as we keep going. But did you yes. do the illustration also? Uh, I did. Okay. I did. Yeah, and obviously, like my strength isn't illustrating things, but you did um, great. 
It was it's great. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it got the message across. Yeah. It doesn't have to yeah. be. Um, so I'm just flipping through. So, yeah. so like, what is this one? Uh, that was like just a C that I had drawn for um, this other project, the old school cool project. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Which was like this, like Gatsby style uh, party in Orlando that one of the CMs is putting on there. So like the Yelp um, holiday cruise thing, is that something you start out on by in hand and you're doing, because yeah, uh, these all look like marker drawings, right? Uh, well, so actually, so I've been using an iPad Pro a lot lately. Oh, okay. um, it just kind of speeds up my process at sure. work. Um, and I love it. So it's this so this one turned into something else, kind of like a Ouija board. I think it was kind of yeah, Ouija board yeah. inspired, right? Exactly. Um, and I know it's coming, I think. Um, so um, where this is all just, do you have different, pro, are you on Procreate? Or are you using something yeah, else? Yeah, I'm and using are you, Procreate. And then any kind of different brushes? Are you making your uh, own brushes? I've like used, I used um, some of Ian Bernard's brushes mm -hmm. and some of Ryan. Rick's brushes, mm -hmm. uh, but I mostly just use either the default brushes or one of those guys' brushes because they had some good stuff. This one looks really cool because of the texture kind of you put on it, so it definitely has that old kind of sign right. painter feel. And I love this one. I thought this is looks like that ketchup one was and actual, mustard. That, that was actual ketchup and mustard. <laughs> right, which is pretty amazing. How big was this? Uh, I don't know. It's probably like two feet, I think. Okay. Because some of those letters are pretty small if you, um, so there's yeah. one of the other one, Yelp. So this again would start um, on the iPad Pro. So you're starting with natural hand things or are you taking a type? I am. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, yep. Even this one? Yeah, this was all by hand. Man, I love that one. That one, and it's so, the range is so big. So How do you mean? Like uh, the ones that are swirly and then this are totally different. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. They, the, I, I get to uh, this actually, this one got killed. It didn't get used. Uh, oh this, really? Yeah. The, the, the project I was working on this for turned very boring, very fast. Um, oh, but I liked this one. It was fun to make this. So yeah. My well, art director loved it, but the, the, the person I was the, person uh, the client didn't wasn't into it so so do you think time management is tough now um because you're doing you're doing this work for i'm going to stop sharing but you guys should check them out w s c u l l y on instagram um is the best way to uh, or one of the ways the other is to go to his website which i'll tell you in a second but is it hard to kind of have all that stuff juggling or do you feel like you've gotten a handle on it or cause you just overdid in the beginning. Now anything feels like vacation. I mean, maybe not vacation, but hmm. do you know what I mean? Like you overdid it. Like in the beginning you were working and then you did type of Cooper and then you oh, had a girlfriend. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah, yeah. you like just, I don't even know if you slept that year. Nah, not really. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like I'm kind of a person who like kind of always wants to be busy. Mm. So uh, even when I do get some downtime, it's like I'm trying to fill the time with something. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, time management is I feel like a problem for everybody, but I'm I just try to keep rolling and 
keep making stuff because as soon as I stop making stuff, I get really bored. Well, how about making music? Have you gotten back to that? I haven't actually. I have a I have a couple friends here who I'm trying to start stuff with, but it's just hard to find a practice base. Right. Do you know Do you know who Kyle Benson is? No, but I He's, should uh, probably. Yeah, he, he I'll runs write him down. Very at very cool studio is his uh, is his studio. Um, amazing, amazing type designer has like helped me with a lot of stuff. He, uh, he just moved up to Oakland, I guess a couple months ago. Good friend, um, really talented guy, but he also plays music with his girlfriend and, um, we're trying to start something up hopefully eventually. Cool. That'd be great. Then at least you'd get that itch, you know, scratched hopefully. So how do you keep yourself challenged? Is it going from these old kind of revivals or, I mean, it seems like you're doing a lot of different kinds of things at Yelp. So it doesn't seem like you're, you're bored. I, cause I mean, again, you have a very big range that you're going in. I mean, these really techie stuff and this real softer, you know, like it's not like you just have this one look. Yeah. So, I, I just find like, I've tried to do the like one style thing um, and I just found it really stifling and boring. Uh, so I'm, it's just, I get bored really quickly. Uh, but it's funny so, cause that's your teacher said, you know, in college that type letter, I mean, type design was so boring. And I think some people would is. think <laughs> that was, yeah. yeah. Um, it was, it was definitely a challenge to like make myself finish that typeface, but I'm like, now that I did it, I'm glad I did it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I just like, I'm always trying, I'm always like out and about looking at stuff, trying to find inspiration and trying to, trying to do different things. And that, you know, I have a job that allows me to kind of explore what I want to explore. So I think it's really just a matter of me uh, getting over the laziness aspect and pushing myself. Do you think you're lazy? Sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, well, especially when I'm around somebody like Scott Beersack, who just, (laughs) that dude is head down every day, all day. And he's he's insane. It's good for you both to be friends with each other then. Right. So you can help him relax a little bit more and he can push you to, put your head down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think that's why we jive really well together. <laughs> I think that's why I'm with my husband cuz he's a really good relaxer and I'm more yeah. like I like to be busy and doing things. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like it's time to put the computer away. So, uh anyway. So, what makes t- making type intriguing to you? Um actually like So, like this was just a theory of mine before I actually put out a typeface, but actually seeing someone use something that you created in a different way than what you would have used it for is a, like, is a really great feeling. Uh, so like just last week, um, uh, a friend, uh, well, not even really a friend, a guy I knew in San Francisco bought my typeface and he used it for, um, this art show flyer on like last Thursday night. And it was just like, I walked into the show and I saw my typeface on the flyer and I was like, Whoa, that's great. That feels cool. Um, so I think it's just like, it's such a cool feeling to make something. And 
see it be used in a different context. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think so too. I think, yeah. I think for any designer, it's cool to see your work out there, but I think for this, this is you're making the building blocks and then somebody else is making something. Yeah. So you're helping somebody yeah. with their art, which I think is really pretty cool. Yeah. I, I just think typography is, is the basis of graphic design. Like that is type is the building block of design. So it's like, you know, I think that was why I was drawn to it in, in design schools. And like, it kind of goes back to like my interest in architecture. I was just like, I was more interested in the, Oh, hello. <laughs> it's a really bad wow. storm. I'm like, wow, it's gotten yeah. really dark. You could hear that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That was loud. <laughs> okay. So I, you know, being from the South, like there was thunderstorms all the time. Don't you miss I love, it? I miss it so much. But two weeks ago, there was a, amazing thunderstorm in san francisco and i just like i sat outside and stood under the porch for like an hour and just listened to the thunder it was and it smells Um, differently like i I remember being in denver and there would be like a storm come up but it wasn't like a storm you know like when you're a kid you could fall asleep to that you know anyway I'm glad everybody got to hear what it was like. (laughs) All right. So um, I want to get to this. So I had asked you about if if this was okay, if we talked about, because I think pricing fonts can be like, oh, well, let's just put some numbers in a hat and see what comes out. So how did you know what to price your font at? And your font is the full family, which I think is three or four faces because I bought it. I haven't used two. Okay. Even I'm just giving you extra. Yeah. Two faces, so the bold and then stencil. Yes. And um, so it's $20. Yeah, and right now, like, I didn't really promote this all that much, but uh, I'm giving away the stencil version right now. Um, and I don't know why I did that. I just wanted to do it. So, I, And I didn't really promote it at all. But um, So in a couple months or, like, you know, maybe a couple weeks, I'll probably – make that where you have to purchase the stencil version but um my like my reason for you know pricing high ground at twenty dollars was uh it's a display face um it's kind of a niche thing and um i just i really wanted it to be accessible because Mm. uh when you see a typeface for 20 bucks it's a lot easier to swallow than if you see a typeface for 30 or 35. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think Scott's typeface is worth $35. Absolutely. It's a workhorse. He works so hard on that thing. And um, it, it is has, beautiful. It's so beautiful. I bought his and, too. Yeah. I mean, not the whole thing because yeah. I can only budget a little bit, but right, I'll go right, back. Right, right. It's kind of like when I bought Benton Sands, I have to buy it like <laughs> one. Yeah, totally. But, uh, yeah. Okay, keep going. Uh, and, you know, uh, his had so many more features and, like, so many more glyphs than mine did. So um, I didn't feel right pricing mine at the same price point because it didn't have as much to offer. Um, did so, you all talk I, about that? Like, did you yeah, talk or did. did you just? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, Scott's just, like, super chill about it. He's like, yeah, do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Um, so... But yeah, I mean, like I was just kind of shooting in the dark. Um, I talked to Kyle, who actually Maria linked his um, website yeah. in, in the chat. Thanks, Maria. Um, 
and you know Kyle is Kyle has been like a great resource for me because he's been he's made so many typefaces and he's been doing this for so long and he knows he worked at Apple for a year as a um, font production artist so he worked on like a localization for their San Francisco typeface but um, he knows a lot about just like the technical side of type design and stuff like that and also like pricing and building a foundry and stuff like that so uh, he was like you know, he, when I told him how much I was going to sell mine for, he was like, yeah, that's like, that's a good price because of what it is. So. So at some point it'll be $20 for the bold and $20 for. Yes. Okay. Stencil. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Then I got a deal. Yeah. yeah. So you too can get the deal today. Continentaltype.co.co. All right. So. Um, do you ever see that there's a need in the industry uh, for a certain typeface and then that's why you're going to start designing like the next face you design um, is a script. So there are lots of scripts. So is, are you looking at something that's specifically not out there or that's specifically solving a problem that is out there, but not solving it well? Do you do either one of those or none? Uh, well, like my mindset for the neck for this next typeface is actually um, I was going to, like I was saying, I'm either going to do like a revival of like one of the speedball scripts, right. but I've also been drawing um, this like very, very condensed upright brush script. Um, and it's like, I don't know if you're familiar. Let me see if I can share my screen and show you. Uh, share. So if you're familiar with commercial type, they have this typeface called... Um, they have this typeface called Action Condensed, mm -hmm. and it's just super beautiful, very tall, and like, uh, well, here we go. Mm -hmm. um, really beautiful. I love it, and I love the like minimal white space. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was thinking, like, okay, maybe I can um, create like a spin on this, but with my own personality. So I wanted to do like an upright connected brush script um, that is like, you know, thin and tall. Um, and I can't think of any typefaces out there that are like that. I'm sure there are some, um, but uh, I just kind of wanted to challenge myself and make something interesting based on like kind of this idea of like very tall condensed type. Cool. So there's parameters, yeah. there's challenges just even in the typeface or this, because you're not yeah. just, you know, you're like, I haven't seen something like this. I want to mm -hmm. challenge myself to do something like that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So um, what would you tell somebody, this last bits of advice, what would you tell somebody if they're thinking about moving to a new city? Um, what kind of advice if, if they're just thinking about it, right? Um, is there ever a really good safe time to move and is there any advice for getting connected um, and finding friends in a new city? Cause I think that can be kind of hard. Yeah. I mean, from my own experience, I think moving to a hostel is like <laughs> a really cool, like it's just a good experience cause it gets you so far out of your comfort zone because I mean, I was literally sleeping in a room with three other people and it wasn't the same three people every night. It was a different person. You know, sometimes like I had like two people that would be there for, you know, two weeks and then they would leave and two other people would come in. Um, so you just like kind of had to learn how to 
talk to people about whatever. Um, so I think that like, honestly, I recommend that. I think it's a great thing. Um, most people probably wouldn't do that though. So, so what about just meeting people? So going, so you went to things that you were interested in and then how, for somebody who's an introvert, how would you start a conversation? Because you, you had to talk. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm never a small talk kind of guy. So if somebody starts small talking to me, I just kind of ignore them or I go <laughs> off and I'm like, Oh, I got to go to the bathroom or something like that. Uh, <laughs> like I don't really care to talk about the weather or the housing prices in San Francisco. Um, but so, but how do you know yeah. what to talk to somebody about? Um, I, yeah, I think it's just the context that you're in. Like if you're at a design event or something and you're like, like, you know, trying to meet people, like maybe, I don't know. I just think it's about not having an agenda of like, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get this out of this event or this out of this person. I think it's just like talk to people about topics and ideas, like have interesting conversations with people because the less bullshit. So bull crap you <laughs> the less bull you feed somebody um like the more the more interesting conversation you're going to have with somebody i just think it's i think it's so much better to like chat with somebody like you know maybe you talk about um like a new thing you're doing with like a new idea you're exploring in design or you know like design theory or type theory or something like I'm like, I don't know. I, I enjoy talking. It's like super nerdy, I guess, but like I enjoy talking about those things and I enjoy like, I just feel like I, I get so much more out of those types of conversations and uh, like whoever I'm talking to gets more out of the conversations because you walk away, like thinking about an idea rather than just like, you know, and also you got to like be able to joke. You got to have some small talk because you, at, at one level you want to have like some kind of personal connection with somebody. Um, if you do plan to like actually try and make a friendship with them. Um, but it's also, you don't have a huge ego on your shoulder thinking that you're better than somebody else. Right. Like that's a, no, I do. I'm, I, I'm very egotistical. <laughs> but you know, I think some people have that. Like I've walked up and they're like, well, I'm not, you know, you hear people talking like you're just standing in line waiting for a food truck or something. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she talked to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you have no idea who that person is. That could be the best person you've ever, and you just walked yeah. away from them yeah. because they were younger or because they were older or because they were different, you know? Um, I don't know. I yeah. Guess I don't know. I, I think I'm really like super blessed to be in San Francisco and be around like I'm around like really talented people who have no ego, like James Edmondson, Eric Marinovich, like, like literally Eric at, we went to type Thursday this past Thursday. And, um, if you guys know who Eric Marinovich is, like, he's like probably one of the best, um, lettering artists right now. And like, he just came and kicked it, kicked it at the bar with us. And the dude is like, so humble, like nicest, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, and it, I don't know. I think it's just nice to have those examples of people who are really good and have mm -hmm. no ego. Um, Rachel says James has a huge ego. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but I guess it's also about knowing people online so that you have a start conversation starter for people who are really introverted. It's like if you know them, then you can talk to them about their work. And I usually think most people are really good at talking about, oh, it just said, my phone just said lightning was detective. Yeah, no doubt. It has been <laughs> like raining sideways. Thank you, phone, for being so on it. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I think that you had friends that were internet friends, which I think mm -hmm. sounds so funny. We've kind of come up with a better name for that, to be yeah. honest, because internet friends sounds so like 1980s or something. But I know the internet wasn't really. Oh, Winston, you made friends on the internet. What you doing there, boy? <laughs> right. But I think. You're going to uh, get murdered. Is that what your family thinks? You moving to San Francisco? Were they worried? Oh no! I mean, I I don't I don't know. They might have been, but um, well, my my family doesn't really. Some of my family sounds like that, but a lot of my family sounds like I, that. I mean, you're in Alabama, right? But my family's from Georgia, <laughs> so oh, we yeah, used Georgia's to make like... fun of people from Alabama, <laughs> and now I live in Alabama, and I grew up with a guy from Past Christian, Mississippi. Or not grew up, but at oh Auburn. man, Mississippi accent is. And so real he's. Bad. I said, well, who do y'all? Because when you move to Alabama, you realize you start making fun of people from Mississippi, right? Uh, uh -huh, and then uh -huh. I asked him. I said, Travis, who do you make fun of now? And he's like, What do you mean? He's like, We don't make fun of anybody but ourselves because there's nobody <laughs> worse than Mississippi, <laughs> which I think is so funny. That's good. But anyway, thank you so yeah. much, Winston, for giving me some yeah. of your time today. I know you were doing type jam and you did a workshop this morning. So it doesn't sound like you're super lazy. I mean, you might not be Scott Beersack, but we, yeah. I think the only oh. world can only handle one Scott Beersack. Um, <laughs> I love Scott. Um, but I'm really excited for your new company and I'm excited that you're making a new typeface that is challenging you. I'm glad. Um, I'm just glad that you moved out there. I think it's a great example for people. And I didn't even know you were an introvert because you totally come across as extroverted. I think I was like, like in my early days, I was just kind of like both. I don't know. What were you in college? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I like, I had a lot of friends in college. I guess, I guess I was. But when you go into but... a room, when you don't know anybody, are you kind of hanging uh, back or are you going forward and meeting new I, people? I think it just depends on my mood. Like sometimes I just don't want to talk to anybody, but like, especially when you're in a room with people you don't know, like I feel like I'm way more comfortable with, even with like maybe a few people that I do know and then I can get to know more people. But like if it's nobody that I know in a room, it's a lot harder for me to do that. But so know, you need I, your backup I, girls, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need my I need my crew. I need my crew. <laughs> I just think usually they were backup singers were girls. So I always think of Ray Charles, which I love Ray Charles. Anyway, sorry. It's Saturday, so I'm we, not hey, we can talk about Ray Charles. Man, I love Ray Charles. Charles mm. is great. So one time I'll tell you this and then I'll let you go. I probably should just stop the recording now. But one time I was in, um, so I worked at the Weather Channel and the Travel Channel. That was my internship uh -huh. when I was in college because my parents lived in Atlanta. Anyway, so it was 11 miles from their house to the Weather Channel. And I would listen to Ray Charles. I had a CD player in my car at that point. I actually still have the same mm. radio that I had when I was in high school in my car. I just Very keep nice. switching cars. But isn't that a great? Like it was a display model on discount and it's still going. Yeah. We're talking... That was 1990, no, 1991. 
It's older hey, than you. that was before my, I was born. <laughs> my radio is older than you. Okay, so wow. anyway, so I would do Ray Charles because I want to be a puppeteer one day. So I would do Ray Char- I didn't have any puppets on my hands, people. It was just, so I would do Ray Charles here. You know, he would sing and he would do his little thing. And then I would do the backup girls because it's really hard to do it at the same time, you know, because they would be singing something else, right? So I one love day, this story. I love this story so much. One day I'm going to be a puppeteer. And I'm, I'm going to be. I really. Please, at Creative South this year, <laughs> please do this. Please. I'll have to really practice. But so what happened? In I this bet Mike 11, would be on board for this. 11 miles took three and a half hours to get home. Wow. I was like, I could have walked home. Yeah, you could. That, that would have been That's, quicker. This is why I never wanted to um, live in Atlanta. Because of the traffic. Yeah. But I, I lived like in Atlanta. Denver and it wasn't much. But I got to look at beautiful mountains all the time. Yeah, I don't have a car anymore. So. Hey. I don't. I get to you walk could, to work. It's amazing. You could ride your bike and do Ray Charles and the Back of Girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might wreck a little very bit. Very safe. That'd be very safe. <laughs> downhill, though. Only downhill. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, Winston, thank you so much. And let me Thanks, tell everybody Diane. how they can find you. I have a whole bunch of uh, stuff that I'm going to add to the show notes. Um, okay, cool. All these people's names, I didn't quite get everybody. So hang out for just a second after I hit stop recording. We can get all those things. So I just want to make sure everybody knows, especially if you're listening on iTunes, make sure you go to Continental, C-O-N-T-I-N-E-N-T-A-L-T-Y-P-E, so continentaltype.co. And I am going to put it over here in the chat. And then also you can follow Winston and look at his work at WSCULLY.com. And I'm typing that one in. And then you can follow him on Instagram at WSCully. And then on Twitter, you can follow him at Winston Scully. Yeah, W. Scully's taken by some booger brain. Right. Yeah, I'm really, really mad about it too. All right. So both of them are in the chat so people can, and they're actually on the website. So you can just go to rechargingyou.com and search for Winston and it'll pop up. So definitely take a look at his typeface. It's super affordable right now. Remember soon that next typeface is going to go yeah. away. The, I mean, not go away, but it won't be free anymore. So That's for right. 20 dot. 20, 20 ducks is what I just said. 20 ducks. 20 ducks. Please Dollars send me all of it. Actually, I would, I would actually rather you send me ducks. If you could send. <laughs> well, maybe some people will. Mallards, is that what you're good with? I'm, I love mallards. <laughs> okay. So um, anyway, so check it out and then check Winston out if you're not already following him. I'm really glad. Thanks for giving me so much of your Saturday and I so appreciate it. So thank you. Thank oh, and you. don't really forget appreciate you having me on. Of course. Anytime. I'm so glad, you know, I got your card from, um, I, I know we've been a, trying to make this happen for so long. Years. I literally have the card and I think I gave the card to Ashley cause I had, you had a black card and I had to pull out one of my white pins and write on the back so that I could do it, but I ha- always have a white pen. I'm ready. I'm a That's nice. prepared That's nice. girl. So definitely, guys, go to uh, YouTube. You can go to YouTube and download it. Give me a comment. You can also um, download it. I don't think you download it from YouTube. Whatever. You can share it. It's Saturday. You can pirate it from YouTube. <laughs> you could because it's so amazing. 
Um, but you can also download it on iTunes and give it a rating if you don't mind or a comment. That would be great too. Just anything helps. So I really appreciate it. And the next Wednesday is Eric Regan. And I, that's how he says his name. I oh, asked really? and he has a really long E when he said it, it was like R E E E again. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I do it right. And we're going to talk cool. about scaling your business, which is a super fearful thing for me. So I'm excited to be a little scared. So people cool. might be scared to move away. So it would be like the fear week. Um, there we maybe go. not. <laughs> not the week, fear. the week of fear, the week Diane puts the fear of God into you. <laughs> and then just so, just so you know, Dustin Lee is coming to my school. And so he's going to um, give a bunch of talks and uh, it'll be on Thursday night. If you're anywhere around Mobile, Alabama, and you want to hear Dustin Lee speak about making money, uh, passive income um, for designers, brushes, and all kinds of stuff. So cool. anyway, it'll be, a, it'll be a very busy week. So I'm excited. But thank you again, Winston. I'm going to yeah, stop the thanks, recording. <laughs>